Welcome to the Family Fright Night Horror Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to the Family Fright Night Horror Podcast. I'm your host, Chase Will. I'm joined today by a very special guest from the Mothers of Mayhem Podcast, Marianne Echeverria. Marianne, how are you doing? Chase, what are you up to? How are you doing? Not a whole lot. Just got done working out, so sore and <laughs> ready for bed soon. That sounds awful. <laughs> it is. So I started the podcast asking the same question. What is your favorite horror movie of all time? All right. First of all, can we address the absolute audacity of that question? <laughs> <laughs> if you had to pick one. What is my favorite horror? Okay. All right. So if we got to narrow it down, do you want to know what movie I think is genuinely frightening or what movie I think is like a masterpiece in regards to its niche in the genre? Let's do both. Okay. So masterpiece in its niche of the genre, Train to Busan. Oh, yeah. 100% the best zombie movie I have ever seen. And I have seen, uh, I'm sure not all of them, but a whole lot. <laughs> There's <laughs> a lot of them out there. There are, but I, I, I love them. And I will watch literally any piece of zombie trash that you put in front of me. But Train to Busan, it is funny and emotional and visually stunning. And the storytelling is impeccable it's just absolutely fantastic fantastic film love it's got it. that really good emotional arc to it too with the father and son oh it's the only zombie movie i have ever watched where i i cried and i, I cried several times in that movie I don't want to give things away for people who haven't seen them, but there's like about three quarters the way into the movie. There's a pretty hard loss, a very, very likable character. And then towards the end, there's plenty of more reasons to cry. It is just such a journey and it is so brilliantly done. Cannot speak highly enough of it. Did you watch the uh, sequel Peninsula? I did. I did. And it's awesome. It's amazing, but nothing beats that first story. Nothing beats Train to Busan. Absolutely incredible. Incredible. Now, what's a movie you found genuinely scary? So when people are like, hey, I've seen so many horror movies. I feel like I don't get afraid anymore. What do you think is going to freak me out? My absolute first recommendation across the board is 2007's inside which is a french film mm -hmm. a l'interieur and it is about a woman who is overdue in her pregnancy it is christmas eve she lost her husband in a car accident four months prior she's set to be induced the next day and a woman invades her home with the intentions of taking her baby this movie is hyper violent Mm -hmm. super gory it is savage in both the storytelling and the visuals but despite all of that overt objective visual gore there is a very subtle and quiet moment before any of that even gets going it's one of those blink and you'll miss it situations where while the main character is sitting in her living room, if you look over her shoulder, you will see something 
that will just, it, it made my soul go cold, like terrifying. Terrifying. It's one of those heart stopping moments for you. And it's not even a jump scare. It's just, you see this thing and you're like, Oh, Oh my God. No. <laughs> Amazing movie for so many reasons. So many reasons. Oh yeah. Did you watch the uh, American remake? I did. <laughs> I just have a hard time. I have a hard time with American reading. Some of them are really decent for what they are, but genuinely, like you cannot beat the original. And I don't know if it would be different if I saw them flip flopped. But having seen the original French film first, there, there's just something about it, and you can't. Uh, Beatrice is the name of the French actress who plays the woman, mm -hmm. the female who invades the house. Her look, dude, like you can't, everything about her, her teeth, her face, her vibe, like her whole presence, you can't beat that. She's unbelievably amazing. Oh, she, yeah. Just her presence on film is frightening. Such a great movie. So underrated. It deserves a lot more exposure. Just brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah, American remakes, for some reason, they try to remake the most extreme movies and they water them down. Like they did Inside and then they did, uh, what was the other one? Oh, Martyrs. They made... Did you see Record? Um, the remake, the first one is what? Portuguese? Mm -hmm. Portuguese, Spanish? The remake starred the lady, the girl from uh, Dexter. Oh, really? Was that um? What was that remake called? They had a different name for it. Yes, yes, yes. Um, 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 um. Uh, quarantine. Quarantine. Okay. Yeah, you can't beat the original. No, no. When you watch Record for the first time and you get towards the peak of that movie, the climax that comes towards the end when they're on the top floor moving around in the dark with the night vision. <laughs> and then if you see the original, like, you know what to expect. How are you going to do any better? Like, how are you going to re-envision that in a way that's going to make this experience more thrilling and more intense than the one I had when I saw the original. Yeah, you can't one up it. I don't know how they even plan to. No, same with like the ring and the grudge and all of that. Like for what they are, they're and I will say the ring. <laughs> I saw that one in the theater, and I may or may have not been a little bit glonky at the time. But the neighbor's merit came out of the well. I if I wanted to just sit there and cry or if I needed to stand up and run out of the theater because it was <laughs> so good. That was a great movie. I saw that in theater too. Oh my God, it was so good. And now I look back on it and I'm like, oh my gosh, what was I thinking? Like, it's still <laughs> a great movie, but I've seen like so much better at this point. And um, I just... Even going back to the original Ring movie, it's you can't beat it. You mm. can't beat it. I heard that they're going to be doing an American remake of Train to Busan, and I just don't know. I don't know. I don't trust it. I Why can't people to, just watch movies with subtitles? Good intent. I don't know if there's good intent behind it. I think it's just money. <laughs> there's like no one's going to read subtitles. Let's just remake this in American. <laughs> 
right? We're just going to do this for the people who refuse to read during the movie. It just, you, unless you do it frame by frame by frame, there's no way you're going to do it any better. And then you have those cultural gaps. Like there's going to be a lot that Americans would do differently in a situation like that than Koreans do. Simply because this is a form of transportation they're so used to, and it's not as prevalent here. And I know train travel is still big in the United States, but they use it a lot, a lot more than we do. Mm-hmm. So it would be a whole different experience. I don't know. And what will it be called? Train to New train Jersey. To... <laughs> train... <laughs> train to Jersey. Train to Newark. <laughs> train to Atlantic City. That sounds horrible. Oh, it wouldn't be a fun train. <laughs> so yeah, those are my movies. I heard they're remaking a Serbian film at some point. I'm like, how Stop. are they going to do that? Stop. Why is that even necessary? I don't even understand. Oh, why? Why? I have no idea. <laughs> Of all the films to remake. Doesn't that just feel like being provocative for the sake of being provocative? It's almost performative. Yeah. Like, we're going to take this movie that has legendary cult status in regards to the content that they chose to show on screen. And stylistically, visually, a Serbian film is fantastic. Content. You know, all the trigger warnings, all the trigger warnings. You have to be ready for that movie and you have to be prepared for what the atrocity that you're going to see. But visually, that whole Alice in Wonderland in hell feel that it kind of has, remarkable. But what is the purpose of redoing that for a general audience? That's horrifying. A rated G version. (laughs) Right? That's yeah. I don't know. I don't know how family friendly you're. You're, but they definitely can't include that scene with the pregnant lady and what happens oh, there. Oh God, like, no! How you can't put this movie in American theaters. I never need to see that scene again. Oh, oh. So why? Why would we remake it? Why would we remake anything? <laughs> we should just let art be art. Like, yes. Now, I'm sure there are people who will be like, well, my art is re-envisioning the art of others and trying to honor a piece of art that I thought was amazing. But I'm with you, like, let it be. Mm-hmm. Let it be. Or are they trying to make it accessible to audiences who otherwise wouldn't vibe with the, I don't know. I don't know. I think you're right. I think it's money. It's gotta be. Did you watch Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey? I did not. Was that actually good? Or was it so bad it was all right? Great question, Chase. (laughs) Is it objectively good? Actually good. Um, Am I glad I watched it? Heck yeah, because I have been waiting forever. I'm kind of sad that I spent $10 to rent it and didn't just wait. Also kind of, yeah. Which was a little disappointing because I had waited for it for so long. There's some really great kills. There's some really great kills. Actually, I was just talking to Edley about this today. Uh, overall, it's super entertaining, but I would not call it a masterpiece. 
called a masterpiece at all. Not like Cocaine Bear. I was just about to ask if you've seen that. That. That is a freaking masterpiece. It's a bear on cocaine. Where can you go wrong? <laughs> at the end, when they're in the truck, and he takes Rosette, the little dog, and the guy turns and looks at the dog, and he's like, is it on cocaine? <laughs> the stretcher scene? Oh, yeah. Where it bounces off the back. The back of the ambulance? Shut up. It was <laughs> so good. Oh, my God. It was better than I had hoped for. Oh, I'm sorry. It should win all the awards. It should win all the awards. It's worth all the awards. Brianna agrees. Hey, Brianna. Hi. This is uh, why we call baby. ourselves the mothers of mayhem on my podcast because we have actual children that we mother. I was actually just about to ask, where did Mothers of Mayhem podcast come from? Like, how did that begin? So, uh, I had just kind of jumped on the scene through my uh, TikTok review channel and was slowly but surely getting pulled in to the indie horror community on Facebook. And really, Drew Stepik had a lot to that because to do with that because Godless kind of noticed me and took me under their wing. And slowly but surely, I'm getting all of these friend requests and I'm starting to get into some of the bigger groups and getting to know more people. I got to know RJ Benetti. And it was during Godless's first 31 Days of Godless at Halloween in 2020. And I had read Hamster's Ball. And so I had jumped into some Facebook conversation about Hamster's Ball and RJ was in there. And then there was this other lady in there who I had seen floating around, but hadn't really interacted with. Her name was Christina Pfeiffer. And we proceeded to basically hijack that entire thread um, with just like comment after comment um, regarding hamster butt stuff, including like comments that were just like hamster butt stuff, hamster butt stuff. And we became <laughs> best friends. And then after a while, uh, after having conversations with one another and just thinking that each other were the funniest effing human being we had ever met in our lives. We were like, hey, we should do a podcast. And so now we we will occasionally bring authors onto our show and we will say stupid things and crack dumb jokes all while actually talking intelligently about literature. <laughs> That's the way to do it. <laughs> She's a stay-at-home mom. She has two special needs kids. I'm actually a long-time mental health professional, psych nurse, still working full-time right now in inpatient psychiatry. So we come from two different worlds. She's all the way in Alaska. I'm all the way in Pennsylvania. We have never met in real life, but she is like my sister, and I love her. Sister from another mister. Yes. And I'll never forget it. We were trying to figure out what to call our podcast. And it just kind of came down to like Mothers of Mayhem. And we were like, hey, that sounds good. I think we're going to go with that. So now here we are. You guys have an anthology coming out soon, don't you? Um, the Nursery Rhymes for Crouch Goblins. We do. We do. Dumb Nursery Rhymes. or uh, Nursery Rhymes for Stupid. Or nursery Rhymes for Dumb 
watch Goblins, a child's <laughs> book of curses. But forgive me, my actual children came up with that title. <laughs> <laughs> You're lucky I picked that one. The other one was going to be Dumb Baby Butt Blasters. But we went with the Curse Goblins instead. I uh, am super excited about this anthology. It's coming out through Gloomhouse Publishing. It is, of course, all nursery rhyme slash nursery story slash like bastardizations of the original A Child's Book of Verses. And um, it was an anthology submission call. And remarkably enough, we got submissions from Christopher Triana, Brian Keen, uh, Christine Morgan, Mike Edenbach. I have so many names in this book, including, oh, honey, including an uh, original novella from Edley. Oh, sweet. And I can't wait to share it with everybody. I am so sorry. Oh, little baby. I apologize, podcast listeners. This is the actual family, family fright night. We have a whole family here. Uh, we do. We do. We do. And this one does not want to take her bobo. Oh. She is mayhem personified. How old but is yeah, she? August. Um, the anthology actually is a charity anthology. And it is going to... Uh, we're going to give all of the profits to Donate Life America. In memory of our dear friend, Jay Wilburn, who, as many of us know, passed away this past year. Um, the reason we had extra time with Jay was because he had a renal transplant. My own husband is in need of a new pancreas. So Jenny and I, have uh, Jay's wife, have kind of bonded over a shared experience. And we decided the best place to funnel the money from this anthology would be to donate Life America, which is an organization that works to make sure people get the organs that they need here in the United States. So that's what we're going to do for that. And Jenny was kind enough to give us a uh, a version of Jack and the Beanstalk that Jay Wilburn had written before he passed that's never been published. And it was just kind of sitting there and she found it and she was like, hey, you're not going to believe this take this to put it in the collection it was, it was like it was meant to be so we are super excited and big thanks to james carlson and gloom house publishing for making this happen oh james um, is an awesome dude oh my god yeah we only live like an hour away from each other me him mick i'm between him i am smack between the gloom house gang and the keen clan because I'm in Lancaster County. So the Gloomhouse gang is all up in the Lehigh Valley. And then the Keene clan is all down in York County. And I'm a smack between all of them. <laughs> I'm in Ohio. I got nobody cool around me. <laughs> oh, I can't remember where Wild is from. What? Another whole bunch of people down in West Virginia, too. Are you in like central Ohio? Yep, right in the middle up top. Oh, I'm sorry. It's all right. Sorry, we had 80 degree day the other day. Now it's like 30 degrees. It's Ohio. <laughs> that sounds awful. Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> One day you're in your tank top, next day you're in your parka. Charming. You're so lucky. 
<laughs> so of all the books you've had featured on Mothers of Mayhem podcast, what has been your favorite so far that might have been overlooked by others? Oh, gosh almighty. I, so that is, that is a tough one. I go with Gemma Amor and her novelette, Dear Laura. It's not very long. It is only like maybe an hour, hour and a half read if you're not a fast reader. And it is fantastic. It's the story of a, a young lady whose best friend, when, when they're children, is taken by a man with very bad intentions. And um, the young lady witnesses this. He is not caught, but he continues to quietly torment her throughout her entire life up until she reaches adulthood. And it's an interesting uh examination of this strange relationship that they build with one another based on these awful yet brief interactions and it is fabulous Gemma Moore is one of my emotional support authors she is absolutely fantastic and she's not one that I hear people talking about enough she She's just incredible. And I'm always a big, uh, I, I never shut up about Paula Ash. Paula Ash? Um, Paula Ash. We are here to hurt each other. Her debut collection, it's one of the best things I've ever read. It was my number two best, number two favorite read of 2022. Absolutely brilliant. Brilliant. And um, Eric LaRocca. Eric LaRocca is, he's fabulous, fabulous. He's another one of my emotional support authors. Um, we can never leave this place. It, it absolutely rocked me. It is a brilliant, brilliant uh, story set in a war torn country you kind of imagine yourself in the middle of world war ii you could imagine yourself in ukraine you could imagine yourself in syria you can pretty much place yourself anywhere your brain wants to take you the story is going to remain the same and it is a bizarro tale delivered in this gorgeously lyrical dreamlike state that i have never seen bizarro presented before wow. and the emotional impact that it has is significant it is gorgeous it's a masterpiece that is a masterpiece 100 recommend high praise he agrees now what's been um what book are you looking forward to most coming out this year oh my gosh what am i looking forward to coming I'm looking for anything from Rain Havoc. I don't know if she's got anything in the works, if she's got anything coming down the pipeline, but oh my God, I need more Rain Havoc in my life because she is, she is a bamf. And all, everything she does, everything she does is fantastic. Oh, I just can't get enough of it. So I'm really hoping we'll see more from Rain this year. 
Rain, if you're listening to this, message me because I need to know. Awesome. Well, Marianne, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I really appreciate your time. She's so angry. I'm so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much, Chase. I really appreciate you having me. Thank you. Yeah, have a great day. Bye, baby. Bye. 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 Hey, Family Fright Night listeners. It's your host, Chase Will, here to quickly tell you about my latest novel, Moving Through, available now at Amazon.com. Moving Through follows a group of high school seniors as they mourn the death of their mentor while inciting a school-wide rebellion against censorship. Clay McLeod Chapman, author of Ghost Eaters, calls Moving Through a clenched jaw of a novel, complete with brutally candid prose that reads like gritted teeth. Anderson Prunty, author of Dreaditation, calls Moving Through a visceral soul punch of a book. You can find Moving Through at Amazon.com or at ChaseWill.com. Hope you check it out.